0: right on right on right
1: on live right live right in the real world
0: right on radio
1: right on radio
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Ride On Radio. This is Jeff and I'm joined with Jesse as usual. We have a fantastic show for you today and there's gonna be so much information in this you do not want to miss a minute and what's most important is we're gonna cover the, the spiritual aspect and the physical aspect and the things that are being taught in this episode but you'll need to go through the entire episode right to the very under to the very end so that there is no misunderstanding.
2: Absolutely. This is, we could just say, Jeff, this episode's going to be hot. It's loaded with <laughs> good stuff.
0: It is. And, and, <laughs> and so, the fire,
2: you know, the bomb is at the end.
0: So <laughs> it, it certainly is. But if you skip to the end, just to get that, you're going to miss the whole point. <laughs> like you, there That's is right. so much in this and, and for once we're doing this deep intel, and it actually came from me. Of course, I don't have nearly as much to add as Jesse does, but I I went through this. We do it painstakingly for you, the good listener.
2: But you've been doing good, Jeff. You know, the truth is, you know, since I've put that call out there for people to really invest in like studying this information and applying it, you know, as it is, because it really is an end time manual for how these, you know, the elite are operating and how this system is working currently in our day. And you've taken me up on that call. You've been diligently looking it through studying, putting all the pieces together. And, you know, so this is just going to blow people away today.
0: And and what's interesting about this is, and we're going to be talking about the sacred city of Shambhala, Now this sounds, it's more foundational, but you're going to hear the plans. Like if you cut the last two Tuesday shows, we are talking about the voice of God project. We're talking about the chemicals and stuff like that. And quite honestly, we're going to do the chemical marriage today. Uh, But when I went through this, I thought, no, this is so foundational that this actually Mm -hmm. ties in better. And it's going to make those last two shows make a lot more sense. As we're going forward, and as Jesse said, um, there's a lot more to this than what is thought.
2: <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs>
0: all right. So, we're gonna start out with a prayer because we're actually gonna play the audio from the book so everyone can do it. And by the way, this way, you don't have to go and read it or anything like that. Although, we do encourage you if you have eyes to see, uh, and you can go through this, but understand that, uh, Part of the reason we're covering this, there's two main focuses and our mission statement hasn't changed from right on radio on the SOS army, which is available by the way, on our MailChimp site, which is in the, uh, in the description box. But, uh, the two main areas of this show going forward right now are simply this it's to save as many people for in the elect from falling for this great apostasy, the great deception that is coming. And it's to get more people into God's tent. And we rely on him to do all things. So having said that, uh, this is a high-level book. We're going to be going through the initiates of the flame. We're going to be doing chapter two, the sacred city of Shambhala. You're going to hear it. And then we're going to stop it periodically and address some of the things that are happening in this. This truly is high-level once you understand what it is. And make no mistake. Uh, this is not entirely fictional. There is a lot of truths in this, and there's a lot of dangerous truths that you yeah. and I should not play with. So, Heavenly Father, we bring this broadcast before you. God, we are, we give you thanks that you give us the eyes to see, and we know the real God. We know you are the creator. We know that you are the savior, and you have sent your Holy Spirit to indwell in us, which is how we have this revelation of you, God, and we can spot a counterfeit because your spirit lives inside of us. But Father, I pray for protection over anyone that hears this stuff, that they do not get any ideas, do not want to pursue the dark sides of these things. Father God, we do not endorse that. We say it's it's damning, Father God, and it's an atrocity because you supply all of our needs. We need go on no understanding of man, mystical arts, or these things that were transferred from your fallen angels, this hidden knowledge, God. We want nothing to do with it, but we do want to see and warn the world what is coming. So we use this and we compare it to your word, Father God, for the protection of the saints, and Lord, that we can combat this in the heavenlies because we are called to battle powers and principalities. So, Father, this is not for our physical war. We have nothing to do with the violence, God. We know that you are our sword. Your word is our sword, Father God. And you give us the wisdom to fight against this and to take away the power of these principalities and that because God, your power is so superior to them. Your angels are superior. Your army is superior. There is no comparison in what the enemy has. So Father, we thank you that you chose us and we are on your winning team, and we pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Woo! All right. (laughs) Do do you feel protected?
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, I do too. Why don't we start this, Jesse, and I'm going to keep us on the screen this time, so uh, if I see you raise your hand, uh, I'm going to hit the pause button on the audio. Okay. All right. So this is going to be Initiates of the Flame, Chapter Two. Oh, I hit the wrong. Chapter Two, and the sacred city of Shambhala. Here we go. And for those of you uh, who are listening on Podbean, that's all you need to do. This is audio. There are a couple of pictures, but it's uh, nothing special in particular for you to see. So uh, it's the words that matter here, and that's what we're going to be yeah. listening to.
2: And I think it's good to tell people as we're listening, um, you know, keep in mind that this is this is a playbook, that they are speaking you know, if it's compared to biblical things, they're speaking almost in parables. They want it to be a mystery. They want you to think through to figure out the answers to what they're really saying.
0: And some of the answers are shocking and multi-layered, which is very important to uh, to notice. It is multi-layered.
2: Oh, and real quick too. uh, Um, it's important to notice like because of the you know the level of this book, Initiates of the Flame, it's not by accident that on the pages you see symbols of the Solomonic symbol. So that means that there's, they often would put um, emblems or um, pictures on there that are going to act as symbols or sigils for the type of things that they embed in these books. So, you know, we've prayed, we're protected, we're safe. But basically what we see embedded in this book is Solomonic magic uh, because the symbols are there. We also see embedded in there the swastika. So we know that this is above level. We'll say, you know, the majority of the time People when they start this book are probably at a Masonic level sixty, so it's going to be level sixty and above who get to reflect on this book in the system.
0: Whoa, that is a dramatic statement, Jesse. You know, uh, most people think thirty third degree is the highest. First of all, Uh, and and we you know have some ideas from what you've shared with us, what you have to do when you go to 33, but I can only imagine what opens up to you when you get above this. And by the way, I'll bet you that every single person who gets up to these levels is pretty rich and maybe even in the public eye.
2: Yeah. These are going to be, you know, you, you'd you be considered by that time when you're that level, you know, you're either high priest status or priestess status or above so you are considered uh, regent, lord in a way, you know, you're gonna have an area territory that you're responsible for. Most of these individuals are going to be instructors of um, students or, you know, neophytes, or um, they call the students underneath them would be neophytes, uh, journeymen, um, you know, base level masons, master masons. So they'll have a group of individuals that, you know, doesn't even have to be a professional, um, you know, position over these people, but they would have individuals that they feel are their charge. And, you know, they're in charge of their spiritual mentorship.
0: And so, Jesse, just a, a couple really basic questions uh, to to ask, just out of curiosity. So, uh, I would assume, and it is only an assumption. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that most people who would get to, for instance, this level sixty and above, were really raised in the system. Would that assumption be true?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, they would. Uh, most of them would come from you know generational Masonic bloodlines. Um, they would have either uncles, uh, other relatives that would be those higher level men. those men would be purposely investing in in those people or in the child since they're a young age all the way up. Um, you know their job is to raise them up in the system and to ensure that the system continues. But it's only those who, Um, are the most devoted to the Masonic system who are seeking that higher, you know, I mean, up until this point, many of them believe that they truly are seeking God. They're seeking the betterment of humanity. They're wanting to devote their lives to that. So, you know, but at the same time, you know, these individuals at the highest levels are constantly evaluating somebody's heart So they're going to know your sins. They're going to know the things you're drawn to. Um, So they'll be watching those things, you know, in the rituals you may have attended. Um, You know, and at this point, most of the individuals will have been introduced to these things. You know, they'll be invited to uh, different social groups that are, you know, Nazi-based. You know they'll be invited to, you know whether it's rallies or, um, you know to be public with their passions. Um, So a lot of times it does come through climate control groups. We'll just say yeah,
0: which is which is Marxism, you know. But
2: um, all that would already have been introduced, and then they would be handed this book by one of their mentors and told to reflect on it and it's when they get to the truth of it that then they're shown the truth
0: and so w- just a couple things one one thing i want you to listen for uh in it is they claim to be although they talk about all the different religions this book claims to be christian uh pay attention to that uh also and, and by the way um, uh, spoiler alert it's not
2: (laughs) well here's the important thing to distinguish is that in in this brotherhood religion they believe they believe this is true christianity you know this is what a true christian is and
0: because they become like christ
2: they well they become christ in their mind you know, yeah. that's the goal. They become the embodiment of Christ, their own God. You know, and, so, and that's exactly
0: what up. this is describing in yeah. this chapter. So uh by the way, this chapter is brought to you by Dominion and Authority by Jesse Zaboder It's available on writeonu.com. That's right on with the letter you.com. Coupon is in the description below.
2: all right let's go
1: (laughs) all right here we go in every mythology and legendary religion of the world there is one spot that is sacred above all others to the great ideal of that religion to the norsemen it was valhalla the city of the slain built of the spears of heroes where feasting and warfare was the order of the day here the heroes fought all day and reveled by night. Every day they killed the wild boar and feasted on it. And the next day it came to life again. In the northland they tell that Valhalla was high on the top of the mountains and that it was connected to the earth below by Bifrost, the rainbow bridge. That up and down this bridge the gods came and Odin, the all-father, came down from asgard, the city of the gods, and worked and labored with mankind. Among the Greeks, Mount Olympus was held sacred, and here the gods are said to have lived high on the top of a mountain. The Knights of the Grail are said to have had their castle among the crags and peaks of northern Spain on Mount Salvat. In every religion of the world there is a sacred spot, Meru of the Oriental, and Mount Moriah and Mount Sinai, upon which the tablets of the law were given to man. All these are symbols of the universal idea. And as each of these religions claimed along the clouds a castle and a home, so it is said that all the religions of the world have their headquarters in Chambala, the sacred city in the Gobi desert of Mongolia. Among the Oriental peoples, there are wonderful legends of this sacred city, where it is said the Great White Lodge or Brotherhood meets to carry on the governing of world affairs as the Assers of Scandinavia were 12 in number, as Olympus had 12 gods, so the Great White Brotherhood is said to have 12 members, which be in Shabala, and direct the affairs.
2: Alright, so if we're um, thinking of this, you know, basically, if you know, I just generally break it down, they're talking about kind of the government of the brotherhood system. So, You know, they're comparing it through the myths, um, you know, that there's 12 gods that ruled in Olympus. So, you know, there's going to be 12 heads. And we've talked about um, the Satanic Council that you have, you know, there's actually 14 chairs. Um, Out of that, we know that there's 13 bloodlines that are active in the United States and then the Muslim uh, bloodline or the Muslim brotherhood, it's considered separate from the other 13. Um, But when they're talking about things like this, like the order of things, they're not going to include that 13th because he is considered, it's a random position that is meant to, um, during the voting process, when they're, you know, going about their business, they need that one that's going to throw off if there's a tie vote. Um, So in the governing, they don't usually talk about 13. You don't hear that number. Instead, it would always be the 12, that you have 12 who deal with the affairs. And um, so that's what they're describing here is, the Council of Twelve, which is going to be the heads of each of the 13 bloodlines that sit in the Satanic Council.
0: And uh, thank you for that, Jesse. And one of the other things that just came up, and you know, people might have recognized it because you've talked about a rainbow bridge before, but they're mm-hmm. talking about a rainbow bridge to Valhalla. Uh, That's right what does that mean in the on the spiritual side and I know we're going to address the physical towards the end but in the spiritual is there any uh, particular meaning there
2: um well as there as the book continues you'll see that there's really a a spiritual breakdown that you know when they talk about the elevations or the mountains the things that sit higher they're going to be talking about, you know, the mind, uh, sometimes they use that imagery of the Lotus. um, And so they're talking about, you know, the knowledge, that universal knowledge that can be attained by everyone. And, you know, what was that knowledge? It was the same knowledge that they, you know, compared to the myths, um, the knowledge that the gods had. So, you know, that's what they're trying to attain is that universal individual godhood in this. And so, um, you know, those who are willing to seek and, and strive and devote themselves to attain that knowledge, they're the ones who are going to be privy to the secrets that come from these different areas. Um. You know, you also have to remember that as they're breaking down these different areas, you have different forms of, um, let's see what to actually call it, Uh, different forms of witchcraft. Like I'm going to emphasize the word craft. Um, Each of the different major regions or continents specialized in different forms of crafting um in regards to their witchcraft so you know the crafting that would come from the norse side which would be norway sweden the scandinavian countries is going to be different from the witchcraft that happens in ireland scotland also from witchcraft that happens in the uk or in the united states Um, They're going to specialize in different forms of, you know, necromancy, which is talking to the dead, uh, different forms of, uh, you know, um, uh, herbal things, medicines, um, tinctures, all that stuff. It's really broken down by region or area. Um, the divination, the clairvoyance, all that is different based on the region. Uh, they each have their own special, unique studies. So um, so that's important to pay attention to as well, that, you know, that when they're talking about some of these, you know, like Valhalla, um, it's going to get into that Nordic witchcraft magic that's going to be included in that. That's going to be an area where that is. So only students who study in those are going to understand the full extent of what's being spoken of about um, Valhalla, the same as Shambhala. You're going to get more into the mystic, the esoterical, uh, the Asian, the Indian, uh, the Tibetan forms of magic which include much more meditation much more peace like there's not the graphic bloody gory ritual killings with that um you know their focus is different so um all of this it also describes those type of ritual habits as well
0: and and so just to encapsulate not the entire thing but just the the symbology that I picked up is, first of all, they're talking about the gods and that of all these different religions. They sat on this place on high, but then later on in the chapter, you're going to see that it starts inside of you and it kind of works up your spine, you know, the chakras and right. all that stuff. It ends up in your mind and uh, and you become God. But what's interesting as well to me, Jesse, is that they're tying all of the religions together.
2: Yes, It's very universal.
0: (laughs) And that's what's coming, folks. Let us continue.
1: There's a man. It is said that this center of universal religion descended upon the Earth when the polar cat, which was the first part of the Earth to crystallize, became solid enough to support life. Science now knows that not only does the Earth have two motions, that it rotates upon its axis and revolution around the sun, but that it has nine other motions. According to Flammarion, the French astronomer, one of these motions is that of the alternation of the poles. In other words, someday, that part of Earth's surface, which is now North Pole, will become the South Pole. Therefore, it is said that the sacred city has left its central position and, after much wondering, is now located in Mongolia.
0: Okay, I just got to stop there, Jesse. You didn't raise your hand, but... I the did. South I went
2: like this. Oh, you did? Oh, okay, I missed my, it. I, I specifically, you know, did a funny little point. I was like,
0: Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, listen, I'm sorry I missed it, but okay, what were you going to say? Because I, I had a couple questions for you there.
2: Yeah, well, why don't you ask your questions and then I'll...
0: Well, the South Pole is going to become the North Pole and now the headquarters uh, of Shambhala has been moved to Mongolia.
2: Yes, yeah, so... With this, um, you know, it's really, it starts to speak about those poles, but there's something significant. Um, it first talks about, you know, the the central point of where everything began, and um, it names, you know, Antarctica. Um, you know, that's been an area geographically that the world has been closed off to because of supposedly the ice polar cap. Um, you know, that it's not life sustaining is what we're told yet. what's all the countries came up
0: with a treaty to protect it, right?
2: Right. All the countries protect it. Nobody's allowed there. And what does this say? That it was the center. It was the first, it was the central point of life. And, you know, what are they really protecting there? It's a massive spiritual gate and, um, Underground subterranean dumb base. Um, Why? Because that is believed to be the central point where, um, you know, um, it's intricately tied into the fall, we'll just say. And Satan's got, you know, a big hold on that area. It's one of the biggest areas for the electromagnetic and magnetic fields, which when you start to get into the study of those fields, you realize that there's a lot of static electricity that is emitted, a lot of energy from that place. And so, you know, in that world, we would often call, you know, a place like that ground zero. Ground zero means that there are no boundaries to what your physical and spiritual body can do like your your spiritual body and physical body are completely entangled as one where you know you are able to do anything in that field or that zone so in ground zero you know you don't have any hindrances to your spiritual body manifesting things on the physical plane um so if i guess we won't even get into all that but we'll just say you know that there are things the lord has created us to be able to do you can do that there in antarctica um and they have done
0: everything to keep us from understanding who we are in god
2: Right. And it's direct access because of the spiritual. That's one of the uh, six major spiritual gates um, that, you know, we've talked about some spiritual gates. We'll just say those six only operate um, vertically. So they go up to the heavenlies and they go down to the lower realm. And, Um, so that's one of the places you can directly access into the heavenly realms. And, um, you know, so it's, it's very highly guarded. Um, it's the, we'll just say the second largest of the spirit, those six spiritual gates, there's six very large ones. Uh, that's the second largest, um, so
0: and, and jesse you've given me enough clues and with together with my research i think i'm ready to make a statement here which all might right, be a bomb for people and, and by the way i can't prove this okay this is just what my research is leading me to hollow earth jesse you've dropped enough clues i'm putting it all together and we're going to do yes. a show on that in the future. And I'll give you I'll do my show. We'll have to do it because that is a whole other topic.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And the, the, you know, it's, it's amazing when you spend time in the word, instead of looking up all this stuff, God just shows you the things that you should look at and you don't have to spend too much time on it. So I encourage you don't be digging so deep into this, dig into God's word and then let him, Just show you the stuff that he wants you to see.
2: Yeah. But Jeff, you're absolutely right in that. In, you know, one of the further studies for that um, in um, Genesis chapter, uh, I think it's chapter six or seven, where it talks about the flood. um, It's also, you can study it more in the book of Job, but it talks about. Um, the, I guess what we'll call it, the flood gates that were at the bottom of the sea. So Jeff, you've nailed it. When you talk about hollow earth, the connecting piece is that, um, you know, this is one of the major flood gates that was at the bottom of the sea that was released during that flood Um, where all the waters were released on the earth so um, you know that's why it is hollow now and leads to this deep subterranean underground um, access points is because that was a major lower floodgate not you know there were some that were up in the air but this one came from down below so that's exactly what that is (laughs)
0: wow you got
2: that right yep
0: and and now we're going to be tying things in and and by the way stay right to the very end of this because uh we were talking last week about the philosopher's stone and you're going to start to see some more clues on how it ties in right right here
2: that's right and we also have the major spirit um that loves to frolic and dwell in the deep and the dark places and the crevices, the coves. So Job uh, talks a lot about that. Um, So where do you think the main abode for Leviathan is? And where do people go to get direct access with him, you know, to the place that he calls home? It's not the only place he goes, you know, I mean, he wanders to and fro as well, but where's his main abode? That's the major principality there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know what, because there's actually 11, uh, no, there's about eight minutes left of this. Perhaps we'll just let the rest of this play and then we'll come back and talk because there's so much in this and, and we don't want to treat this as a Bible study. Uh, but I think where we've stopped right now is really laid foundations for you to hear the rest of the uh, of the book. And then we'll come back in uh, about seven minutes.
1: Those acquainted with the Mohammedan religion will see something of great interest in the pilgrimage to Kaaba at Mecca, where thousands go each year to give honor to the Stone of Abraham the great arrow light upon which muhammad is said to have rested his foot old and young alike some even carried wind through desert sands and endure untold hardships many coming from great distances to visit the place they cherish and love in india we find the same thing there are many sacred places to which pilgrims go even as the templars went in our christian religion to the Sepulcher of Christ. you see in this anything more than an outward symbol, but the true student recognizes the great esoteric truth concealed therein. The spiritual consciousness in man is a pilgrim on the way to Mecca. As this consciousness passes upward through the centers and nerves of the body, it is like the pilgrim climbing the heights of Sinai or the Night of the Grail returning to Mount Salvat. When the spinal fire of man starts upward in its wanderings, it stops at many shrines and visits many holy places. For like the Masonic brother and his Jacob's ladder, the way that leads to heaven is upward and inward. The spinal fire goes through the centers or seed ground of many great principles and worships at the shrine of many divine essences within itself, but it is eternally going upward, and finally it reaches the great desert. Only after pain and suffering and long labor does it cross that waste of sand. This is the Gethsemane of the higher man, but finally he crosses the sacred desert, and before him, in the heart of the lotus, rises the golden city Shambhala, the lotus. May your consciousness be lifted upward through the tree of life, within yourself until in the brain it blossoms forth as the lotus that rising from the darkness of the lower world lifts its flower to catch the rays of the sun in the spreading of the bone between the eyes called the frontal sinus is the seat of the divine in man. There in a peculiar gaseous material floats or rather exists or is the fine essence which we know as the spirit. This is the lost city in the sacred desert, connected to the lower world by the rainbow bridge or the silver cord. And it is to this point in himself that the student is striving to rise. This is the sacred pilgrimage of the soul, in which the individual leaves the lower man and the world below and climbs upward into the higher man or higher world, the brain. This is the great pilgrimage to Shambhala, and as that great city is the center for the direction of our earth, so the corresponding great city in man is the center for his governmental system. The Rod That Budded The buds and the rod are the seven centers within yourself, which when you develop their spiritual power shine out as centers of fire within your own being. The ancients have taken flowers to symbolize these centers, which when they shine out, show that the dead stick cut from the tree of life has budded. When any other thing governs man, he is not attuned to his own higher self. And it is only when the gods representing the higher principle come down the rainbow bridge and labor with him, teaching him the arts and sciences that he is truly receiving his divine birthright. In the Orient, the student looks forward with eager longing to the time when he shall be allowed to worship before the gates of the sacred city. When he also shall see the initiates in silent conclave around the secular table of the zodiac. When the veil of Isis shall be torn away and the cover lifted from the grail cup. Let the student remember that all of these things must happen first within himself before he can find them in the universe without. The twelve elder brothers within himself must first be reached and understood before those of the universe can be comprehended. If he would find the great initiates without, he must first find them within. And if he would see that sacred city and the lotus blossom, he must first open that lotus within himself which he does petal by petal when he purifies and atones himself to the higher principles within. The lotus is the spinal column once more, its roots deep in materiality. It's blossom, the brain, and only when he sends upward nourishment and power can that lotus blossom within himself, blossom forth with its many petals giving out their spiritual fragrance. Sometimes you will see in store windows funny little Chinese gods or Oriental Buddhas sitting on the blossom of the lotus. In fact, if you look carefully, you will find that nearly all of the Oriental gods are so depicted. This means that they have opened within themselves that spiritual consciousness which they call the Shushana. You have seen the funny little hats worn by the Hindu gods. They are made to represent a flower upside down and once more, like the rod of Aaron that budded, we see the reference made to the unfolding of consciousness within. When the lotus blossom has reached maturity, it drops its seed and from this seed, new plants are produced. It is the same within the spiritual consciousness, which when the plant is finished, and its work is done, is released to work and produce other things. In the Western world, the lotus has been changed to the rose, the roses of the Rosicrucian, the roses the Masonic degrees, and also those of the Order of the Garter in England. All stand for the same thing, the awakening of consciousness and the unfolding into full bloom of the soul qualities of man. When man awakens and opens this bud within himself, he finds, like the golden pollen in a flower, this wonderful spiritual city, Shambhala, in the heart of the lotus. When this pilgrimage of his spiritual fire is accomplished, he is liberated from the top of the mountain, as in the ascension of Christ. And the spiritual man, freed by his pilgrimage from the will of bondage, rises upward from among his disciples. The convolutions of the brain with the great city of the initiate, which has sounded through the mystery schools for ages when the purified student goes onward and upward to become a pillar in the temple of his God. With that last cry, the true mystery of Shambhala, the sacred city, is understood, and he joins the ranks of those who, in the white robes of purity, their own soul bodies, gaze down upon the world and see others liberated in the same way, and who also sound the eternal toxin. Cuntum etum est. It is finished. The Philosopher's Stone. This is the true stone of the philosopher, which gives him power over all created things. This stone is himself. The experiences of his evolution have cut and polished the rough stone until in the initiate it reflects the light of creation from a thousand different facets. Thank you for watching. Please don't forget to share, like, subscribe, and comment. And please consider...
0: Well, we're back. And there was a lot in there. Uh, but, you know, we've been talking about this uh, this thing using the, uh, the hokey pokey and the geo that's going into people and stuff like that. Where is it all going? Jesse, may I guess it's going to Shambhala.
2: <laughs> you can and you know it's interesting if anybody caught that last picture or image that was there what does that kind of look like
0: the very last one would not not the rod
2: no oh, but the I last one mine.
0: i just closed the window though <laughs>
2: Yeah, look at that very last image. What does that kind of look like? Oh, I don't. I don't
0: have it. I'd have to go find the link again and everything. I just closed figure it. Figure
2: of what well, was a circle, and it had the diamond in there, and then it had the twelve um, pinpoints. We'll just say that it was pointing to. So think about you know what circular that has a whole bunch of pinpoints around it. Image that we've been seeing a whole bunch lately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? And I was reflecting on this the other day. I'm walking my dog, you know, these things come to me. I think the very first thing, and I've never been an artist, uh, in, in like drawing sort of thing, but the first thing I was taught to draw as a kid, and probably the only thing I mastered was a star. <laughs> y- you know, why do they? Yeah. Force- and, and, you know, it, it's just amazing. And by the way, how come they teach you to draw a star that way? Because when I look up at the sun, it seems round.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, this book gets into It, it explains why there's a five-pointed star.
0: Yes, it does. <laughs> it's yes, very it does.
2: specific. It is a form of magic. Yep.
0: So there is so much in this, Jesse, and uh it talks about the philosopher's stone, it talks about the journey to Mecca, but really uh they're using this uh, my interpretation, please correct me if I'm getting this wrong. But really, everything that they're showing there is symbolic of the journey inside to the collective conscious, <laughs> you know, where we're all connected to the grid, <laughs> essentially.
2: That's right. Well, you got to correct that thought, Jeff, because according to them, and they even state it in the very first page of the book, that there are only a thousand points of light. So only a thousand get to this higher enlightened state, and uh, the rest of us, you know, will never attain or be good enough. So.
0: No, we'll just be slaves connected to their matrix system,
2: right? Well, well, no, we're the ones that they have fun watching us try to get to that point.
0: <laughs> but. Which reminds me of that famous speech by uh, George Herbert Bush, the thousand points of light. And even D- D- DJT at one of his rallies, earliest rallies goes, and what was George talking about? Thousand points of light. What is that A thousand points of light? You know, it's all the things he says when he goes off of the, the, uh, monitors, you know, and here are... it is
2: right in this book from the 1920s with manly, yes. all, all interconnected. Yep.
0: And we know all about the Bush family now. That's right. Yep. It is wild. All right, Jesse. So where do you want to start?
2: yeah, well, I think you said you you wanted to share some of the things that you had gleaned. So I'd love to hear how some of this was connecting for you from our previous conversations uh, on the shows that we did.
0: Well, you know, just at a higher level, again, it's it's the connected conscious. They talk about the Christ consciousness mm-hmm. uh, inside. They talk about the inner journey but they talk about all of the symbols to get you there it ties in the new age stuff with all chakras uh it definitely ties in the kundalini magic uh not that i've spent a lot of time uh researching it but uh you know from the time i've spent i have an understanding how it works in us physically uh i'm not and and also the you know the necromancy that really brings that forth. And uh, what's my understanding, and actually just going through Cisco's book, what I'm gleaning uh, from reading her book is essentially Kundalini is the false Holy spirit uh, that Mm -hmm. they're trying to present. And, you know, and it's obviously it's uh, the power comes from necromancy and all kinds of sickening stuff to me. uh, It's very repulsive. So, uh there's all that but then you know we get into the rainbow bridge and we and they talked about valhalla which uh we're going to show in a minute is actually kind of a a real place well there's a number of valhallas but there's there's one in the united states for sure uh that's not on the map anymore but we do have pictures um and uh and also Jesse and I and this isn't my gleaning we talked about it before uh, but when we talk about the rainbow bridge, obviously we've talked about the, uh, the cities underneath the Pentagon and stuff like that with the rainbow bridge, but the tie-in, um, this is almost the script from the wizard of Oz.
2: Yep. Almost, huh?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, you gotta find that hidden city, right? Like, by the way. Uh, And and so I have some inside information from this, uh, from Cisco, (laughs) but, uh, and I'm not sure she wants me to release it, but here's an interesting question. Who or what actually wrote The Wizard of Oz? And probably the strongest clue there was that I asked not only a who.
2: (laughs) Right. What (laughs) wrote it? Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. There's a lot with that, Um, you know, and they did, um, yeah, there's some personal information there as well. Um, We probably can share, you know, out of of my childhood experience, and I want to stay focused on the book today, but um, since we're talking about the Kansas and um, The Wizard of Oz, that in that movie, there's so much symbology that comes out of this Initiates of the Flame. Um, you know, they use all these things not only for programming, but it it also is to identify. You know, how do you know who those people above you are? How do you know how you're supposed to interact? How do you know what their positions are? A lot of times, um, these stories, these movies became ways. For those who were lower lower level to understand who was who, so you know, with the Wizard of Oz, you have uh, four witches. Even though you know they only really bring out three of them, you know who's the fourth one? It's Dorothy. She's considered the other good witch, the witch of the South. And how, how is she recognized? It's by the ruby slippers that she's given. And um, that so that classifies her domain, her jurisdiction. And those slippers give her the ability to, we'll just say, transport from one place to another. Now, those were real shoes. Um, they were worn by... The previous generation of mothers, uh, a particular one, that my proctor ended up taking her life. Uh, Those shoes were given to me at age 10, and they were thrown away at age 15. So who knows where they went? I'm sure the system did not just let me throw them in the trash. And, you know, they might be sitting in some dump you know that'd be interesting. You know the garbage men are there throwing garbage away, and all of a sudden, woo! <laughs> they find themselves.
0: So the actual shoes from the movie.
2: No, not from the movie. The actual shoes. The movie Were is a
0: prop. It was a prop in it's the movie. They didn't take yeah, the real the ones. a prop, but
2: the real ones, yeah, are somewhere in Wisconsin. <laughs> so, hopefully, we we don't know, but um, yeah, but they're... Uh, they're real shoes. Um, and, uh, you know, cruel memories The yeah, we won't get into all that, but these are real things, real places. Um, you know, the woman who wore them previously, she did her juris. She was the mother that oversaw the Southern quadrants, uh, both internationally and in the U S. So it's very interesting. So, yeah.
0: Hey, seeing as we're talking about actual quadrants and actual places, I want to show a picture, uh, which I think uh, we'll have to describe for those on Podbean. Of course, we will. uh, But I think you will find this very interesting. Jesse. That yes. is an odd formation in the middle of a very flat area in Kansas.
2: Right? That's known for tornadoes and all sorts of other windly abnormalities. Um, yeah, this is uh, Valhalla, Kansas. So uh, maybe keep that picture up for a few minutes, Jeff. I'm going to be looking. I wanna go, I'm going to look at the pages in the book here as I'm talking about this. So, you know, I've talked about that, uh, you know, one of the layers of this book of the initiates is that literally it's a map. It, as a, as a higher level Mason studies this, they're going to come to understand um, how the system works and You know, it gives them all the details for everything that they need to know as they reflect on it. So, you know, I've talked about these underground cities that um, for each of these supposedly mythical cities, there are actually two because they always create a mirror image city. So usually you'll have one um, in the U.S. and then you'll have one in another place around the world so you know um when this book starts to talk about the norsemen and uh <clears throat> you know uh, valhalla they're not just talking about norway or you know scandinavian area that's where the actual gate is um one of the gates there in norway but they're talking about Valhalla here in the United States. So, you know, this place is um, the mirror image underneath it. Uh, People can research, you know, we know in the St. Louis area, Kansas, there's all of these underground tunnels. Where do they lead to? We're kind of showing you the spots here. Um, So, you know, with Valhalla, you know, what did they tell us? That this is the place where the feasting and the warfare is supposed to happen. So when they get together to have, you know, their big gatherings where they're feasting, they're consuming flesh, they are battling each other for positions, this is where it's going to happen. You know, they guard these places from the public. This book was written back in the 1920s. And so, like, if you go searching for it today, you really do not Valhalla is really hard to pull up and find anything on it in Valhalla, Kansas, because they want that place to remain hidden. They want to continue to use it as a place where they're doing their nefarious things. But, you know, back in the 1920s, this was how Manly P. Hall taught them, you know, the Knights of Templars in those areas— this was how things were to operate uh, when they're doing their brotherhoodly duties. And, you know, we're going to get into what their duties were. It's He even gets into that. It's very descriptive and specific. So, you know, he's telling them that, uh, you know, Valhalla is where the feasting, the warfare is supposed to take place. And their revels are supposed to occur at night. Every day they kill the wild boars, and then they will feast on it at night. So um, then it gets on to, you know, kind of, it describes the location. It's like the mountaintops, which you see, like even in their imagery that they use sporadically, um, that has become known for Valhalla. You see those type of weird, rocky crags, like are here in this place in Kansas. Um, That's not by accident. They want it to be visually recognizable. Um, So then he says, you know, how do you know, how is it connected to the earth below? So the earth below is going to be, you know, you've got these higher places. Think about that in scripture that it often talked about that the strongholds or the high places were up in the mountains And then you had the places, the normal cities where everyday life happens. So that's what they're describing. You know, how is this high place connected to the earth below? It's connected through Rainbow Bridge. Okay, so let's think about this area geographically. We have, you know, Route 66 that goes through to that area. And what's one of the main um bridges on Route 66 in that area, uh, west of Riverton, Kansas, you have what's called Rainbow Bridge, and you have to, you know, when you're heading from the bigger cities like Topeka, Kansas City, the St. Louisville area, you are going to cross that Route 66, that Rainbow Bridge, to get to Valhalla, so literally, they're giving you directions in this book, um, and you know the gods are to travel up and down that route. That's the designated route they're to travel. Um, even Odin. So that's going to be whoever the highest level priests, um, the highest level members. This is the route that they're to take openly and unashamedly. And so, you know, it gives us all of these um, descriptions and. Then it even starts to set up the quadrant jurisdiction and rule. Okay, so it uses again metaphorically among the Greeks, Mount Olympus, um, you know, was held sacred. So Bahala is to kind of be comparable to Mount Olympus. It's the highest mountain or the most sacred space in that area. Um, So that's going to be their most sacred spiritual space, which means that there's going to be a spiritual gate access point there. Um, You know, where does that access point, you got to remember that um, we're talking the big gates. Uh, Valhalla is not a big gate, but it accesses Mount Olympus, which is considered a bigger gate. So that means that you're going to have access to that gate in Norway that gate in Antarctica through the Kansas
0: City. Quick question. I don't want to throw you off, but what's the difference between a big gate and a not so big gate?
2: Yeah. So there are six uh, primary large gates and, you know, we're talking physical, spiritual size. These were the largest floodgates in. So when the flood hit in Noah's days, The Lord, you know, scripture tells us that the floodgates above the earth and below the earth were opened up and released their water. So the larger gates, um, those six were the biggest, like they held the most amount of water. Um, Their access point um, travels vertically. So, you know, spiritual gates are something that we can use to access the other realms. Um we talked about, you know, the earth is kind of like a chessboard or a flat piece. And not saying that we're not promoting the flat earth theory here, but we're just giving the analogy. So if you had a chess board, you would have above it two more chess boards. Those would be considered the higher realms or the heavenly realms. Yeah. Below it, you would have two other chess boards. Those would be considered the lower realms. And when they
0: constantly say that Trump is playing uh, 5D chess,
2: just he really is. Just pick
0: that, yeah, pick (laughs) that, uh, pick up that clue.
2: So, um, so with that, you know, it means like you can travel vertically on that access point up and down on the different boards. Okay. And then the lower gates, they operate horizontally. So you could be like on that. You know, earth realm, and you can travel from one point A to point B based on the gates, you know, which points they connect to on that board. Um, Not, you wouldn't be able to go up or down, like you'd have to access a vertical gate um, to then be able to move horizontally in that realm. So, um, but those six, their access point is primarily vertical, Um, they can access some of the horizontal as well, but their primary purpose is to go to the heavenly realms and the lower realms. Um, So, you know, Valhalla would be one of those areas where you could get to, you could uh, horizontally travel to Norway, and from that gate, you could access the heavenly realms if you're physically traveling versus spiritually, you know, we can access that any time because, you know, we'll, we'll break a big secret here, but maybe the Lord made all of us spiritual gates so we don't have to, we don't have to use those gates to travel to the heavenly realm. And that is part of why the demonic spirits want to possess humans because then it gives them the access of their bodies to direct, try to direct connect to the heavenly realms and not have to try to physically go there and they get stopped at the gate because they're not allowed in the heavenlies any longer.
0: That's huge news. So we've always said that they are trying to use our authority uh, because yeah. of who we are and that's why they want they want people to be, become born again who are even in the system so they want right. to get that authority. Uh, but you just broke some really big news there because you're tying you're putting more pieces of the puzzle in together because this stuff is compli- complicated complicated yeah. <laughs> there, there's no doubt but it, it's funny that you said that Jesse because you know uh I'll tell you how I came up with this topic today. I was doing a study on Jesus three-year ministry on earth and I was looking at maps of where he went and what he did and everything else and I'm thinking okay so there's a there's a couple calculations on there and most people uh the scholars I guess say that you know in his three-year ministry he probably traveled about 3,126 miles on foot Right. Which if you walked at a consistent pace would be about 40 hours of walking to do that. So or is it 400 hours? Anyways, doesn't matter. But I. so the question came up to me, why didn't Jesus use portals? (laughs) You know, Uh, like, hey, he could have uh, jumped into, uh, you know, other parts of the world and ministered there. And uh, so that whole question came up and then somehow I ended up on this topic.
2: (laughs) Interesting. Well, there is a reason why he did not, but we'll get into that another time. But I want to get back to kind of just explain just a little more um, as we get into this, because, you know, this is why I encourage people to really, engage with this, because this is how we make change in our communities, you know. So we have to remember that this book is written for individuals who are level 66 and above. So who's going to be traveling to this Valhalla area for rituals and feasting and warfare? It's going to be your higher level members. This is one of their hidden places, okay? And, you know, as they go there, you know, it gives more details. It says Knights of the Grail um, are to um, have their castle among the crags and the peaks of northern Spain of Mount Salvert. Okay, so um, this is telling you that those who are using this ritual area, they have specific places they're supposed to live. I'm given some big clues here, and I'm kind of excited about it because we're going to see the Holy Spirit fire break out in Kansas after today. But anyway,
0: Hallelujah, so, let it be so, Lord. Um,
2: so you know, it says there to these Knights of the Grail. You know, they don't live in that area. Where do they live? They live among the crags and the peaks of northern Spain and Mount Salvert. Now you know, we're thinking geographically, that's really far. It's a mythical place. No, you know, they're using pictures, imagery. So what is Mount Salvert or the Salvert caverns known for? It's the imagery of the Indian um, hand paintings on the walls of hands, as well as specifically the buffalo. Okay. So, As we start to look into that Kansas area, there's a very significant thing. Um, You know, a few years back, they, you know, they want to make it easier. You know, they want to make it an attraction. They want to collect energy to these areas for the men who are doing the ritual. So, you know, they created the great white buffalo sculpture, and that resides Um, at the Kansas Historical Society headquarters in Topeka. Okay, so think about this, you know, this marks that area of where the Initiative of the Flames book is telling these Level 66 um, members where they to live or reside or buy their homes, have their own castles. It's in this Topeka area. and. and it says, you know, in every region of the world, there's a sacred spot, okay? So it kind of gives us some of those other sacred spots, um, you know, Meru of the Oriental, Mount Moriah, Mount Sinai, all these things will symbolize their sacred spots, okay? So the sacred, the sacred spot is where they feast, they sacrifice, but it's not where they have their castles, okay? And it says that, um, you know, this area then is the headquarters for Shambhala. So where's the headquarters for Shambhala? It's going to be in this very area. They've already identified it for you.
0: Um, so why did Antarctica- they say Mongolia? They said Antarctica, then Mongolia. But so then why why is it? I, okay, they're giving I, I'm other not, I'm not clues. I want to follow
1: it.
2: So in the regions of the world, they have their headquarters in Shambhala. Um, you know, this is their way to throw anybody who's listening off. Um, you know, the the sacred city in the Gobi Desert of Mongolia. They're they're giving clues. Look at that Kansas City picture we put up what, what is the environment? What does it look like? It looks like a desert. It's, it's flatland, right? So it's comparable to that Gobi desert of Mongolia and the sacred city that was hidden in the desert there. So um, mm-hmm. it's just one more confirmation. Um, as you know, people are trying to figure this out. Remember, they don't, you, your mentors don't just tell you, um, this is our main ritual area, uh, this is the headquarters. Like, you have to figure it out. And so, you know, they give you these visual signs or things that all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, as I'm looking at this Kansas area geographically, wow, there's a desert area. And wow, you know, that's comparable. And it fits, it's got some of the other geographical things. And so you start to put these little pieces of the puzzle together as you're reflecting. Um, You also have spirit guides that would help you that will kind of nudge you as you're studying these things, reflecting on them, you know, that will give you little pieces to help you understand the full picture.
0: And that's when they Um, say that the 12 will help you climb up Jacob's Ladder, essentially.
2: Right, right. Yeah, so they start to even get into that, you know, that, uh, you know, among the Oriental people, there's wonderful legends of the sacred city. Okay, um, so let's think about geographically, you know, now it's kind of changed because it's not the 1920s anymore. But we have to ask, you know, they originally start off talking about Norsemen, which are going to practice Norse magic, which, with some of those Nordic magics, you are going to have more of that structure where they're going to have a place that's set up kind of like Hedgestone hedge um, stone or like, the, you know, the Guidestones of Georgia. You're going to have that circular, um, earthly, environmental stone magic uh, which is going to be your ritual ground that you meet on um so you know you're they're going to that but then you also are gonna you know they're speaking of oriental people so you're getting into a whole different layer there um In the bloodlines, there is a huge fight against, we'll say, people of the Mongolian and Oriental descent. You know, originally, what you have with Mongolia is you had a mixing of, you know, the Upper uh, Siberian tribes with Oriental people, and they became known as the Mongolians. Who was ahead of them? You had Tila the Hun, right? And out of him came a very particular descendant that is very important to the major um, bloodlines of certain families, um, and that would be Vlad the Impaler. So you know, you've got the vampire lines as well as the werewolf lines. You've got, um, you know, those who consume the blood that's kind of behind the whole ninth circle, these higher levels. Those blood lines come out of that region or those areas. So, you know, um, what then happened is that as they gave positions, they wanted to hide... I don't even know how to put this. Okay, we'll just say the Chinese elders aren't Chinese, but they're called the Chinese elders. Um, you know what? that was kind of <laughs> that's kind what? of hold on. Sorry. Yeah, they they hold the family's money, the trust. Okay, but uh, they're in guys. They've got to face front people who are Oriental, but they so. You know, but the Lee family who runs it, they're not Oriental. They're very white. And we've named a very particular one who, you know, has threatened to run for presidential office next. And I've said, if he's running, man, you know, put your vote in now, because I'm going to be running. (laughs) Um, This is an individual I have named.
0: About the former VP.
2: Yes, and, and, and he's also, part of that system, uh, part and of also, that bloodline. what's line. her
0: name uh, yes. from California?
2: Fe- uh, Feinstein. 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 Oh, I didn't know if we could say her name, so I was trying to be creative. Yes, you're right. They both are of that line. So, you know, they come from that same descent. Um, that's a big clue telling you that You know, it comes from Attila the Hun and uh, Vlad the Impaler. Uh, So, you know, this Lee family is very interesting, but they are part of the great white lodge or brotherhood. And here you've got these same terms, you know, we got to remember that the brotherhood really is, it's not, you know, uh, what would you call it? Um, A union type. for people who are in the industry of building you know bricklayers masons all this stuff that's not really what it's about that you know these people who have had these jobs these builders these architects this is their religion brotherhood is the religion and it's got many names it's got many underground subgroups and societies connected to it, but brotherhood is the religion. Um, It's, you know, the top, one of the biggest deceits and lies of Satan that he has got men to buy into where they believe that they are Christian. They believe that they are following the Bible. And, you know, this book even... As you go through manly P halls or if you are sitting listening to a Mason talk, you're going to hear that Bible and the Bible stories coming out. They know it well. So does Satan. And you're getting Satan's interpretation of the scriptures without the Holy Spirit's power with it. So that's exactly what this is. Um, so, you know, they're talking about this, you know, they're, Again, this is their operational manual. Um, It's the map, the key. So, you know, it tells you that you're going to have 12 of these members who are going to be considered the gods. That means that they are the highest level members in each of those headquarters. So each of those headquarters are going to be set up where you've got 12 men who are governing them. And, you know, it says that they meet in, in Chimbala and they direct the affairs of men. Now, who are the men? You know, who were they directing? It's going to be both those who are assets to the system, those that they are investing in, who are a part of the system. And they're, you know, training them, teaching them for certain positions that will keep the system going. And then you also have the expendables. Uh, So it's both, you know. So these 12 in their regions or areas are directing the affairs of all men in those areas. And it says, um, it is said that this center of universal religion descended upon the earth from a polar cap, which was the first part of the earth to crystallize. It became solid enough to support life. Science now knows that not only does the Earth have two motions—that of rotation upon its axis and revolution around the sun—but it has nine other motions, according to um, the French astronomer Flammarion. One of these motions is that of alteration of the poles. In other words, some day that part of the earth's surface which is now the north pole will become the south pole therefore it is said that the sacred city has left its central position and after much wondering is now located in mongolia okay so you think about this you know they say shambhala is the headquarters of the sacred city in the gobi desert of mongolia well where's mongolia Mongolia is going to be where that northern Spain, Mount Salvert, location is. Okay, so they're going to sometimes rotate the ritual ground. It won't always be in Valhalla when, when they get word from the main headquarters, which is located in antarctica uh from the masons there that there's a rotation they're going to switch it up so rituals can happen in the other places so where's the exact location you know where is that cultural art statue that's in topeka um, and you got the traveling along the way so they that whole thing they're going to be told in those areas based on this terminology. Um, You know, when they see images that remind them of Shambhala, which has more of the um, Indian, you know, the India, Hindi, Tibetan, Buddhist type feel to it. Okay. Those are, you know, they use the Oriental type imagery for Shambhala that's, the, you know, when they're seeing those images pop up, that's going to tell them they're going to go to Valhalla to sacrifice. When they see more of the Mongolian, so that could be anything that has to do with, you know, the desert, Vlad the Impaler, all of that, um, you know, they're going to be in that native Indian cultural areas and start rotating along some of those caves and um, areas for their rituals. So it talks about the rotation and how many rotations are there? There's nine. So they're going to learn all nine rotations um, for their ritual sacrifice.
0: See how much easier it is to be a Christian. We just pray (laughs) for our food and we can eat steak.
2: Right?
0: (laughs) You know, like...
2: You don't have oh. to be like the Templars, you know, wandering. Um, so, you know, the last part I just want to cover, we'll kind of skip down a little bit. But it's got a picture there and they begin to describe, you know, the, the lotus, the spinal, um, accessing those things. Okay, so we have to remember that um, these men want to be God. And so they're told specifically how do they attain what they call the golden city Shambhala. So no longer is Shambhala just a ritual place. Um, You know, the golden city is combined with that belief that you are now a god living in utopia. Um, You've reached that higher knowledge, that higher state to... To the uttermost of eternity because there's no you know you're now immortal so how do you attain that um, in the you know the imagery that they use is that of the lotus flower including you know the roots the stem and the bloom itself that bloom represents that you finally have that full spread out knowledge that's receiving the fullness of light and sun. Everything is opened and laid bare to the sun.
0: But you have to get it one petal at a time,
2: right? Or a couple petals at a time. You're right. Mm. Um, so here's where you know they're telling you how to access that pineal gland. What is there is you know we've talked about frequency vibration. Um, vibration and frequency resonates like each of our bodies are created to interact with these emotions in the spirit and the physical world. So these vibrations do resonate in certain areas of our bodies. So you have to get from one place in the body to that higher enlightened access point in the head, um, you know, what is there is the emotion of ecstasy, which is the closest that they can get to the emotion of thankfulness, which is what opens the spiritual gates. You know, scripture tells us um, in the Psalms, it says, you know, enter my gates with thanksgiving in your heart, enter his courts with praise. So, um, you know, how do they get that ecstasy to resonate? Um, You know, this describes the process of that. How do they access that? Um, And there's some key words. Once I start to say it, people are really going to understand. Um, You know, and, and here we're talking about crimes against children because they're not just trying to get their own um you know this it, it's a they want full that conscious large
0: power they want to open up
2: well we're we're talking solomonic magic okay remember right. that's this main symbol so with solomonic magic maybe I'll quick describe that before I go into some of this if you look at that symbol you have this the points of the star, um, that is six places. Like if if we're talking a, a ritual magic circle, it's going to be laid out in positions with people. So you and would so have... The,
0: when you go to the six-pointed star, that's basically the star of David.
2: Right. So you're going to have one person at each of those points. Then where the... Like you've got like a triangle for each of those points, kind of. Um, At the base of that triangle where the points join, you're going to have four more people. And then you're going to have two in the middle of that circle. Okay. One is going to, one of those people is going to be an individual who. Can get the gate open. The other's going to be a funnel. So you're going to have not only human energy. You're going to have demonic energy in this as well. So one of those people is going to be funneling the demonic energy. The other one's going to be funneling other energy, uh, connecting. We'll say the environmental energy with the spiritual gates. So you know why do they have twelve elder brothers? each of them hold a position in this ritual circle. Okay, so you're not, when we're talking about this, we got to remember we're talking a group. We're, these are not instructions for one person. This is telling a group how to access this gate and how to collectively um, ignite that vibration that's going to occur in their frontal sinuses together. Okay. So as they're doing this, it it tells the, even the specific ways, um, that, um, hold on, I wanted to find it. So when they start to say, you know, the brothers, um, they talk about Jacob's ladder and notice that It's not just one person going up the ladder. You have a whole bunch ascending the ladder together. And they're creating that spinal fire um, that starts at the lower levels and works its way up. And that's how they're going to attain the Golden City Shambhala. Well, when you get to the frontal sinus part of this chapter... um, you know, it says, this is the sacred pilgrimage of the soul. Where does scripture tell us that the heart resides? Jeff, like if you were to pick a body place, where does scripture tell us that the heart of a man resides or where you feel the heart?
0: Okay, I'm obviously i want to go to the you know just it's it's right here in the left part of your chest sort of thing is is you know the answer that comes to my immediate mind but um i don't know what you're getting at there cuz like, my mind's mind going in a different or directions. the
2: loins. Um, right. the gut okay. or the loins okay so that when they're talking about the sacred pilgrimage of the soul it starts down there in the loins
0: And it moves
2: its way up. Yes. They're basically describing sex magic. And, you know, when they talk about the cup or the grail, you know, we've talked about what is that? That's the chalice or the female. And, you know, they're, it's basically describing that through this sex magic, um, you know, they get their energy to move up the spinal column and to blossom at the top, um, you know. So it, it goes, you know, it even tells who, um, you know, people are going to be mad about this because it's naming very specific. But um, who, who were the keepers of some of this knowledge? It names, you know, the roses you know, in Aaron's Rod, who are the roses, uh, the Rosicrucians, um, the roses of the Masonic degree, so that'd be the blue, um, the Order of the Blue Rose, other ones like that, um, and Order of the Garter are some of those, and they specifically...
0: The Synagogue of Satan.
2: Yeah, but these specifically, they're going to be putting up lodges with those orders in these areas, because this is their specialty um, at the higher levels.
0: I want to hear from anyone who lives near Wichita. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I know we've got a listeners around there going, Oh my goodness, all these creepos are in my neighborhood.
2: So, and it talks about, you know, that they, they're liberated from the top of the mountain, um, as in the ascension of Christ and the spiritual man, and they're freed by the pilgrimage of the wheel of bondage. Now, that that wheel of bondage is, think about um, boats, yachts. They had the wheels that, um, you know, another symbol, you know, the Rotary Club uses that symbol of the wheel of bondage and um, you know how does the transportation of children work for people who are focused around that wheel of bondage they're going to be doing a lot of transportation on the water okay so what it's saying is that these specific groups the rosicrucians the orders uh, with the rose names the order of the garter anybody in those orders is freed from having to use transportation on the water that's not going to be their specialty their specialty is to be transportation on land in those areas and uh, (coughs) that's how they're to access um, you know they're to use they're free to use the spiritual gates accessing from point a to point b on the land there um that's what they're being told
0: and so what's it what's also important is when they do these rituals people will come from all over uh for instance in north america and how does how does someone escape and you know show up for work the next day but end up at this place in uh uh, in Valhalla, right? It, it's all through the underground and through the gates and the maglift trains and stuff like that. Am I far off in saying that?
2: No, you're you're right on. You're spot on. Well, in fact, then.
0: Right on! Right on! Right on! Right on! Right on! Right on!
2: So. You know, all these things we can use, what I want to get to now is, you know, we don't want to leave you feeling helpless and and with that thought like, "Oh, great. Like now I know exactly how things are operating in my area. What do I do? What, what do we do? You know, the Lord's given us divine weapons of warfare that are not of this world. Um, in my class, dominion and authority. I break down the meaning of city and uh, town emblems. So, as you go into every single city, town, you know, they're going to have a billboard with their name on there, and they're going to name the major groups that control or govern that area. In my course, I teach you how to know the spiritual principalities. We're not talking with the about the lower level. I call them little chickens, um, demonic spirits, the unclean spirits. Okay, you you could spend the rest of your life being drained trying to cast out the million of these little unclean spirits, or you can take on your full authority in Christ as a son of the living God and go straight to the principality and rebuke it, cast it out from the area. What does scripture tell us? If you want to take out the strong man, if you want to go in and pillage his house, first you have to bind the strong man. So I am encouraging every single Christian, bind the strong men in your areas. In my course, I will tell you show you how to read those emblems for every city that's near you, so you know exactly which strong men and principalities you are dealing with. You rebuke, you bind, you start to anoint the land, you start to pray over it. And what does scripture tell us? That as we start to tear down these strongholds, that the Lord will drive the enemy from that place. Our goal is that as we fast, as we pray, it is to remove the chains of wickedness and the yoke of oppression from these areas. Um, We don't need to pretend that, you know, child, we're calling it child transportation, you know, the crime of child transportation isn't happening. It is. And just from this book today, I'm telling you exactly where it's happening in a very specific area. And now, you know, and the people who are there in those areas, you have the authority in Christ to begin to reclaim, to take that area back spiritually. As we do these acts in faith, spiritually, we're going to start to see the power of God manifest physically.
0: So because that's what his word says.
2: That's right. So we need to pave the way. Um, so I encourage you, you know, find that out, get together, start groups, start taking this area back piece by piece, especially if you're in the Gove County area. We know that the, that, that is sacred ground. Um, take it back.
0: But but just don't let the
2: enemy there any longer.
0: Because we have people listening from all around the world, and you just named some very high profile locations and what happens here. Right? Uh, do you have to be in that area? Because
2: no, not to join the spiritual battle. Um, that's right, you, and
0: that's the point that's I right. want to get to. So don't feel that you have to travel there. Don't think that you have. To. Listen. All of us in our togetherness, um, when we start going against this, we're going to see victories. Why? Because we're just doing our part because God has called us to do it. But then God's going to come in and finish it Himself. It's His That's power. Right. It's not our power. It's all in His power. And and by the way, I've got a, I've got a couple announcements that I want to make that you'll want to stay tuned for. Uh, but one of them, Jesse, just because you were talking about your course. Uh, if I'm free to say this, but, you know, uh, we've put up a new bonus video, which is good. And you describe very clo- accurately what you're looking at, but the whiteboard uh, does not come through. But
2: uh, I apologize are, for that. Yeah,
0: but we're, we're, I'm we're,
2: working on trying to draw out so at least people will have some images there. Um, I say everything we gave the transcripts. So yeah. exactly what I'm saying is what I'm writing on the board. Um, if that helps people so there's not really any elaborate images or things that you're missing um but we're going to work on much, getting
0: them up anyways and then yeah go, i'm pretty much writing in-
2: exactly what i'm speaking
0: there so and people are going to listen and by the way you have you have unlimited access so now that you're in uh you're going to go back and you're going to be able to watch and and go through it and uh and hopefully we'll have those pictures to you sooner than later we have actually started a couple little projects with that. So uh that is coming uh and and any, anyways we threw up a bonus video too so you get you get more value. Um yeah. uh so here's something Jesse and I haven't even told you about this yet although our our moderators got a clue this morning. Uh so here's an announcement. By the way, if you're not on our Telegram, you need to go uh, to our Telegram channels, download the app it's fun, it's free, and uh, we have a chat channel, we have a digs channel, we have the right on radio main channel, we have a prayer channel. But as of the time you are watching this program, we have a new channel, and the new channel is just going to be for our shows. But here's what's interesting. So I was talking to Madison the other day because I could not figure out how Madison has people commenting on her posts and I couldn't turn away. I couldn't find a way to turn comments on or off. Hmm. Well, I know how to do it now. So we're going to wow. have a, a show, a, a channel just specifically, if you want to look for our shows, I'm going to start uploading our shows on there. So they will be easy to find, but you'll be able to comment on the posts because it's going to be linked with our chat channel. And that way, like if you think of just the amount of information that was put out in this episode alone, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best ways to start to retain this information and get it into you is for you to discuss it. Because listen, there's at least 50 major points that were made out of this. And unless it's brought into a discussion, unless you start commenting about the different things. Um, 48 of them are going to be lost. And then by, by Thursday's show, which by the way, we've got a big show coming up Thursday. Um, by Thursday's show, you will have forgotten a bit because that's just that there's so much information these days. So we're going to encourage you to discuss some of the content in the shows on our chat platform. Now chat is still going to be used for regular chat and blessing each other and just talking about different things. It's still open to that. But we're just adding this element to it. And uh, I think it's going to be a really great thing.
2: Absolutely.
0: All right. So uh, last points. Uh, Jesse. was there anything else you needed to say from this chapter?
2: Not today. It goes much deeper, but we will save that. (laughs)
0: it does go deeper and there's so many avenues that we're going to be listen if you think the last year has been a wild ride uh you have not seen anything yet um it's been and part of it i think with you know jesse's had a lot of this stuff for years i think part of it is uh is god's been building a foundation up in me uh to be able to understand Mm -hmm. this as well and to be able to help bring it to you guys so um couple things. Uh the first one is look, really I want you to hit the share button, hit the like button, hit the subscribe bell. Please do all that stuff. And if you haven't, if you're just a uh a YouTube watcher, you really do need to subscribe to Podbean because there are going to be some Podbean exclusive shows coming up. Um uh, And you'll want to be a part of it. It will not appear on this at all. In fact, I probably won't even advertise them on here. Uh, But if you're on Podbean, you're going to get notified. You're going to have some uh, extra, uh, more intel-oriented shows that are going to be there. Uh, Not as much. Well, some of it is going to deal with the spiritual, but more just kind of intel. And uh, it's going to be quite special. Uh, And the last thing that I wanted to talk about was, hey... Um, so we talked a little bit on Sunday, Jesse, uh, that, uh, about Christmas, I'm going to tell you that my family has made a decision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of this came from my daughter, uh, because I told, said, you know, listen, are we still going to do Christmas dinner and mm-hmm. stuff like that? And she sent me a bunch of scriptures. We've had listeners who have sent in a bunch of stuff. And, uh, and so we've decided for the first time, I'm not putting up a tree this year and I'm not going to do uh, the traditional Christmas. I'm not going to let the enemy steal the the holiday from me, however. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to look, but we're going to be uh, creating something new uh, within our family uh, that that will honor God. And one of the things that I do know that honors God and that I'm not going to let the enemy take away is giving. Because mm-hmm. I really... You know consider and I don't think the spirit of giving uh, of the season came from the enemy, uh, right. you know, c- certainly consumerism and Santa did. Uh, but the the spirit, the, I it's a good time to reach out to family and you know, and even if you because you know people share a holiday and people have downtime, it's a good time to be able to go visit people and things like mm-hmm. that. And what do you do when you go to someone's house? You usually bring a gift, right? Or at least, right. at least we do that's. Uh, so that's an all-year thing, but uh, particularly we do more visiting at this time of year. So uh, one of the things that, that we've decided and I'm doing as a family as well is I'm giving the gift of healthier choices. I'm giving mm-hmm. the gift of uh, of introducing people to products that are North American made, that are not bad for you, and, and it's actually stuff that people need and use, And there's such a variety that you can personalize it for each and every one. And this is actually, and by the way, you don't have to go out to retail places. You don't have to put on a face diaper. It comes right to your house and it comes quick. And in this time of year, you know, you want to get orders in. So uh, if you do, if you are looking for great gift ideas and stuff like that, Think out of the box, people. Think of things that right. people can use rather than just something that goes and gets put into a closet, all right? Uh, yeah. And I'm telling you, there's something there for everyone. So uh, if you want to go check it out, have one of your fellow listeners take you as a concierge through the store, and it is at my Liberty Stand, because if we keep giving all our money to the ChaiComs and the ChaiCom companies, guess what? You're not going to have Liberty. So that's why I have chosen to take mylibertystand.com.
2: Nicely done. And if you go to my Patreon, I've one of our projects with Illuminate the Darkness this um, Christmas, we have a veteran family with a bunch of kids, and you know, they're going through a difficult time with jobs and work. And, you know, how many people have been hit really hard? with the economy as it is right now because of the stuff that's going on, you know? So, you know, I had, a, I had, a, we'll just say a gazillion children also. So I know how that is. I mean, it really just touches my heart. You know, I mean, that this time of year is just such a beautiful time to minister to your children and to really, you know, have that family. And so, or as I'll say family time. So I wanted it to be a special time, you know, cause my my kids went through that, you know, I had three years. Um, actually it was like a five year period, but three of those years, I had to have three major shoulder surgeries back to back. And that put us in a horrific financial uh, position. And so, you know, I understand what it's like for the kids going through that, not, you know, they see mom and dad struggling. They don't know. You know, they start to worry. Is it? Are we going to have a good time of the year or not? You know, and not saying that it's about things, but when parents tend to worry, their focus is I have to get work. I have to do stuff. I have to, you know. And and your focus isn't family, and that's what the kids are really longing for. So, you know, we wanted to do something really special, and, um, you know, anyway. We, a bunch of us, uh, you know, and I want to say thank you to all the individuals who have stepped forward to help with this project. But you know, we we talked, we had ideas. You know, we decided to send fun boxes and things like that, things that they could do, um, invest family time in doing together. Awesome. So this week they got their Christmas cookie box, and uh, in it we also had a bunch of the MyLibertyStand.com things. Including the purple shampoo, if people know that's like my new favorite thing, but anyway, and I was nice.
0: Don't send I shared, Jeff. Shampoo. I shared
2: <laughs> so, anyway, the kids in their humor um, sent a picture that I could share on my Patreon and stuff. And they're sitting there and they're like holding the shampoo, <laughs> like those little stickers. But it's so fun, you know, they just they were just being playful having a great time but um you know this is something your kids can really get involved in with too you know that to learn how to care for themselves to just have fun to give to others you know people don't think of i don't know i think it's fun to include kids in stuff like that but anyway i encourage people also please visit mylibertystand.com make it something special you know just have and, fun with
0: it, and, and yeah, and thank you for saying <laughs> that, Jesse. But the other thing is, you know, you've got your Patreon, I've got a patron. Uh, one of the things that people don't realize is, you know, well, first of all, we're we're trying to do this for a living uh, to some extent, and you know, like just just the just the the subscriptions and stuff to run this show is almost a thousand dollars a month, believe it or not. Yeah. So the show has a lot of expenses but also but the other thing is because we're kind of the public faces you won't believe the amount of people that come to us with need and and obviously we don't like to talk about our giving uh but you know i i know that listen i I talk about stewardship and i talk giving is a big part of stewardship and uh you know we can uh, break
2: it down even easier i mean the truth of the situation is that you know, the stuff that we do, um, you know, the enemy does not want this information out. He doesn't want the wickedness or the crimes to stop. So when you actively come against that, you know, Jeff, you've kind of created that platform where I can express my voice. I can share the things that I know. And it's dangerous ground, you know, Besides the grace of God, that's the only reason we're both standing here. People who share this information in the system don't get to live, you know, but God said, no, you're going to do it. And in obedience, we're doing it. But the enemy then takes every pop shot he can, cuts off every single avenue, you know, including works. You know, my job is actually as a chaplain and I do a lot of, you know, I was in the big hospitals. I worked in, you know, four trauma unit hospitals. And, you know, that's where you've got the big stuff, the burn centers, the, you know, children's hospitals, all this stuff all together in one place. But the enemy makes it so you can't work anywhere. Like even I had to go from that originally to working at some little, little place in town. Well, the enemy literally had people calling my job saying bad, nasty stuff, you know? And so they make it so if you are one of these whistleblowers, you can't work anywhere in a public place.
0: It's so true.
2: But the Lord and his goodness, you know, it's like people understand that and understand the position that we're being put into and, you know, especially after the World Governing Council came after us because we were, we were decoding where all their rats were running. Um, You know,
0: <laughs> we
2: both lost. That's when you lost your business, Jeff.
0: Yeah, you know, and by the way, you I, was were number me. One, I was the number one guy in the country. I was the most sought-after <laughs> person in the business. And, you know, I turned down... Work and because we, you know, the synagogue of Satan. I'll just say it. Um,
2: they, they they hit you hard, and you know why? Because they want to silence us. They want us to give up and walk away. But the truth is, if we walk away, there's no way to survive because you can't. You have no way of making income at this point. And you know, look,
0: uh, as I so say, so and, many and are anyone... in this
2: position. You know, every. You know that's part of my ministry is that. You know, the people who are coming forward out of the darkness, the military, the veterans, those who are eyewitnesses and can testify about these things the system is doing, especially in regards to children. That's the voices we're bringing forward. And, um, you know, the Lord's making a way for all of us to survive, but it has to be that collective community effort. you know, if one of us goes down, we all you know take a hard hit because that's we're right. all depending on each other. But that's how the body of Christ is meant to work, you that's know. Right. So I, I want to say a special thanks because you know the Lord has given to me and and Jeff and to our family so many people who are stepping forward with those blessings. And you know, right now there are um eight different major whistleblower families that are supported because of people who bless us. And that's huge. That's entire families and households, um, that our only survival is the goodness of others. So, um, you know, we say thank you for your obedience first to God in giving and for listening to what he puts on your heart. Um, but thank you. Yeah. And we try to give back. You know, we don't want to just be those people talking and then having people throw coins at us. You no. know, we try to give and invest back, uh, especially in the area of financial and spiritual formation and stewardship, because that's what's going to draw us all together as the body of Christ and make us into the mighty army and the warriors that we're meant to be.
0: Hmm all right i'm gonna hold off i'm going to no i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off i'm gonna talk to you off air uh but i'm thinking i'm gonna i want to do something really special on thursday Mm. for for our audience um that
2: sounds good and for the
0: for the uh this in, in the spirit of giving so hey listen uh all we're asking for is you give this video a like. <laughs> That's all we're asking for right now. Uh, but God listen, God bless each and every one of you. We really do pray for you all the time. We pray for your health, we pray for your provision, and uh, and for those who have stepped up and have been putting out videos and running our Saturday night singing poor uh prayer yes. celebration, and Pastor Joe on Saturday nights and and Eric who's uh, who's gonna be contributing more Bible studies. Uh probably randomly at this point, but you know, every one of these people watching while and Shiloh who step up, they, they come into what we call the trust Jesus club, because uh, honestly it's a pattern. Uh, it's very predictable. Get close to Jesse and Jeff and, uh, and the attacks just start coming, <laughs> like you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and listen, and and honestly, Jesse's such a multitasker. She was on the reveal report on Friday, and I'm literally texting her messages going, "Oh God, it's hitting me." <laughs> you know, and I don't know how she actually texts back and still concentrates on the show, but <laughs> she is I, able. I'm just
2: awesome that way, Jeff. You are awesome <laughs> that way. All right,
0: and uh, and you guys are the most awesome audience in the world, honestly. Uh, we are so blessed to have you guys uh, with us. And, you know, by the way, God selected you to come to this program. Uh, it wasn't because of an algorithm or anything like that. And God selected you just because before every show, we pray that God brings us the right people. Yeah. So you... The good listener are the right person. Hey, listen, God bless each and every one of you. And on Thursday's show, it'll be a show. So remember, (laughs) love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community.